And let's turn to John chapter 17 as we will look at knowing God and what Jesus has to say about that in Jesus' high priestly prayer. John chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 25 through 26. If you need a Bible, there's some in the chairs in front of you. We're on page 903. And we are wrapping up this morning a sermon series on Jesus' high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. It's been wonderful to study God's Word with you bit by bit through this this chapter and through this prayer. Um, Next week we'll start a new summer sermon series. Say that five times real fast. Uh, Through the Psalms. It's been our custom these past few years to study through the Psalms. We'll pick up in Psalm 37. And it'll be a rich time to study and meditate on God's Word with you in the Psalms. So, this morning, John chapter 17, verses 25 and 26. This is God's holy word to us this morning. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name. And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Pray with me, please. Righteous and holy Father, in your amazing love and kindness to us, you have ordained that we could read and understand and study this prayer of our Lord this morning. And so please, Lord, help us to learn from it, to grow from it, to be drawn more and more into the heart of Jesus Christ. For it is in His name that we pray. Amen. One of the most influential books that I have ever read, and certainly a book that has had a tremendous impact on my Christian walk, is J.I. Packer's Knowing God. It is a wonderful book that I highly recommend to you. I'm sure that it has impacted many of you as well. I would definitely place Knowing God, the book by J.I. Packer, in top three books that every Christian should read. It's a wonderful study, a very in-depth look at the nature and character of God. In, in that book, J.I. Packer once said, there's something exceedingly improving to the mind in a contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity, so deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. In other words, what Packer is saying is that when we take the time to to contemplate and to meditate on knowing God, it's it's a well of knowledge that we can never reach the bottom of. It's, It's an ocean that we could never cross. It's a mountain which we could never reach the top. That is what we're looking at this morning as we wrap up Jesus' high priestly prayer. He has one final emphasis in this prayer, one final takeaway for us as we conclude our study in this prayer. 
And, and I pray this, this truth, this emphasis would be impressed upon our hearts and our lives that you and I would, would leave here changed. This final super important thing is that Jesus wants us to know God. Jesus wants us to know God. That's it. It's, it's that simple. That's what his desire for us this morning is. He wants his disciples to know God, and specifically he wants us to know and experience the love of God. Of course, Jesus has already mentioned this great truth to us in verse 3 of John chapter 17. If you'll look there earlier, he gives one of the most profound statements ever spoken on the Christian life. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is what eternal life is, knowing God the Father and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus very precisely and distinctly says that true knowledge is knowing God through Christ. I want you to notice something in these final two verses. If you have your Bibles open there in verses 25 and 26. In these final two verses, five times Jesus uses the word to know. K-N-O. The Greek word for this word to know, K-N-O, is gnosko. Just sounds cool to say that. That's why I'm saying it this morning, gnosko. You don't need to know it. But this word, or its cognate form, it shows up five times in these final two verses. And so it's heavily on Jesus' mind and his heart, something that he wants us to know, something that we need to understand. It's a very high priority to Jesus. This Greek word, gnosko, is an important Bible word because it, it means a lot more than you think. It means more than just knowing some facts on a particular subject. What Jesus means here is this, this word to know is having an intimate and deep knowledge of something. We know something intimately. This knowledge, that this thing that we are to know, is, is much like a husband should know his wife. A husband should know more than just facts about his wife. He should know more than just what her hair color is. He should have an intimate knowledge of her. Know what she likes and doesn't like. Know how she feels loved and appreciated. A, a, a husband is to know more than just facts about his wife. A, a husband is to have intimate knowledge of, of her. This is the intimate knowledge that we are to know about God that Jesus mentions here in his closing prayer. He wants us, he wants his church, he wants his disciples to know God and have an intimate knowledge of who he is and what he has done. That is what he's praying, that we would know God. That's the main thing, that's the main focus of this final portion of the prayer. Jesus wants us to know God. And he specifically mentions three things in the closing of this prayer that he wants us to know about God. First, Jesus wants us to know that he is from the Father. Secondly, Jesus wants us to know that his ministry is, has not ended. And third, Jesus wants us to know that his love will not let us go. Now, there's something interesting about this knowledge that Jesus wants us to know. It's a, it's a Trinitarian knowledge. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus 
wants us to know that he's from the Father. Jesus wants us to know that his ministry will continue through the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us to know that his love will not let us go because he's God the Son. And so that's the Trinitarian knowledge that Jesus wants us to know. So first, let's look at Jesus wants us to know that he is from the Father. He prays in verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. Again, knowing God is heavenly, heavily on Jesus' mind. He begins with, O righteous Father. He's already mentioned God's name, the Father's name, when he called him Holy Father earlier in the prayer. And now he continues to show reverence and honor toward the Father as the one who sent him. Jesus knows the Father, for he is one with the Father. And the way that we know God the Father is through God the Son. And so to know God is to know Christ. The whole point of the incarnation is so that God would be known by his people in a special and intimate way in which he was not known before. When God became man. How awesome is God's kindness to us that he would make himself known in this way. And allow us to know him through Jesus Christ whom he has sent. This knowledge of God, this knowledge of God the Son that, that Jesus prays for, it's, it's in direct contrast to that of the world. Jesus states that the world does not know the Father. The world does not have this knowledge of God. The Bible teaches us, and we know from experience, the world is fleeting the world and its desires will pass away. And Christians should be careful of this. We should remember, we should remind ourselves daily, this world is not eternal. This world is not the best that there is. And because of this, the world does not know God. And we should not be surprised by the godlessness of this world. Christians should be very wise when it comes to the world to not be captured by it and drawn away from God by its allures. This is why the Bible is so adamant that we are not to love the world or anything of the world. The world does not know the Father, but the Son knows the Father. Christ is from the Father, and the disciples know the Father through the Son. John opens up his gospel in chapter 1. He says, the world, uh, he says, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes known the Father. And we know the Father by knowing Christ, who is now at the Father's side and who continues to make God known. So that's the second thing Jesus wants us to know from the conclusion of this prayer is that his ministry to us is not ended. Christ's ministry to us is not ended when he ascended into heaven. Jesus demonstrates his love for his church, for his disciples, not only by dying for them, but promising them that his ministry will continue once he's ascended into heaven. 
Jesus promises that he has made known the name of the Father to them, and he will continue to make it known, he says in verse 26. So how will he do this? How will Jesus continue his ministry to us? It will be through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God the Spirit. If you look back just one chapter earlier, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16, just one chapter here before 17, in verses 13 through 15. Jesus here is, has several chapters here where he's teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, Jesus says this. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth who is the agent of Christ that makes truth known to us. It is the Holy Spirit that is the continuation of Jesus' ministry on earth, in our hearts, in our lives. Even after Jesus had left the world, the Holy Spirit continues to declare the teaching of Christ. He is the helper. In chapter 14, Jesus says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, isn't that a blessing? I am super forgetful these days. And people keep saying, man, that's kind of bad for your age. I'm like, well, at what point do I, does that get better? <laughs> we are forgetful, right? We forget the things of God, but we have the Spirit. Reminds us, who teaches us. The things of God. This is an amazing promise for Christians. That God's Spirit dwells in us, lives in us, reminds us, teaches us, helps us. Holy Spirit is our helper and our teacher. Jesus even said something in chapter 16, verse 7, that you know had to make the disciples go, what? Are you kidding me? He says in verse 7 of chapter 16 that it is to our advantage that he leave this world so that the Holy Spirit would come and teach us. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus would promise something that wonderful. That even though he would leave his disciples, that he would ascend into heaven, that he would not leave us and forsake us, that his ministry would continue through the Spirit. This is why the Bible encourages you and me over and over and over to walk in the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. It is by the Spirit's power in us that we live the Christian life. Knowing that Jesus' ministry continues in us is very good news because it means several amazing things, the fact that the Spirit is in us and teaching us and helping us. Several amazing things that we must know in this knowing God. Having the Spirit means that even though sin still remains in us, even so we still battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil, 
Sin is no longer our master. For the Spirit of God that is in us is our master. It means that God has given us the power to say no to sin and and yes to righteousness because of the Spirit's power in us. It means that Christ dwells in us and our salvation is sealed until we die or until he returns. Because the Bible says the Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. These are amazing things that Jesus wants us to know and to experience and to be reminded of that he is with us, that his ministry has not ended, the Spirit of God dwells in us. Thirdly, Jesus wants us to know that his love is a love that will not let us go. I should have remembered that we need to sing that hymn today. But it's a wonderful truth. His love will not let us go. How fitting it is that our Lord ends this prayer by expressing his desire that the Father's love would dwell in our hearts. And, and keep us. Look there what he says in verse 26. I've made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Again, Jesus prays that the triune love and communion of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that love and communion that they have had from all eternity, he prays would dwell in us would be in us. The love with which the Father has loved the Son is the love that Jesus prays would be in us. This is the love that will not let you go. It will not let you go. Children, or maybe at your house, you have the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you don't have it, adults, you'll like it too. We probably have some copies down there on the bookshelf. And Sally Lloyd-Jones has this wonderful phrase in there that describes the love of God. Children, maybe you've heard it before. God's never giving up, never stopping, always and forever love. That is the love that will not let us go. Jesus loves us so much that he prays that the infinite, eternal, unchangeable love of God would dwell in us. What riches the Father has lavished on us. We should be called children of God. And He would love us in this way. Maybe that's the simple truth that you need to hear this morning. Maybe that's exactly what you need to hear today. Is that Jesus' love will not let you go. For God's love is not like our love. It's not fickle. It's not earned. It's by His grace that He loves us. Even if you have really blown it this week and you sinned in unimaginable ways, if you're in Christ, you are loved and you can be forgiven. Even if you are are gripped by debilitating depression or loneliness, Jesus' love will not let you go. Even if you are in such pain and heartache that you don't know if there will ever be relief, Jesus' love will not let you go. 
you can trace the rainbow through the rain and know the promise is not vain as the hymn goes. Jesus wants you to know and he will continue to make known to you his love this day. His love is a love that will not let you go. How do we know God? I mean, how do we truly know God? It is through Christ. How do we continue to know God? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And so how do we take this knowledge about God, these things we've been learning about God, and turn it into knowledge of God? In other words, how do we take these things that Jesus has been teaching us through this wonderful prayer and apply it to our lives that it's more than just head knowledge, that it becomes heart knowledge? How do we do that? Again, Packer is very helpful here when he says that the rule for doing this, the, the, the way in which we that we walk away here more than just head knowledge. How do we walk away here from heart knowledge? And let's just be honest. We Presbyterians, we love head knowledge, don't we? I mean, raise your hand if you ordered that book on Amazon already. That I'm just <laughs> we, we love learning about God, but how, do we, how does that turn into knowledge of God? Packer says it's, it's this. The rule for doing this is simple but demanding. It's simple, but it's demanding is that we turn each truth that we learn about God into a matter of meditation before God, leading to prayer and praise to God. Everything that we learn, everything that we see, every truth that we discover about God, that we turn that into a matter of prayer and praise. God, thank you for your love that will not let me go. Thank you for your continuing ministry in my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have made God known through your coming. That is it. That is why we take so much time to study God's Word in this depth, verse by verse, phrase by phrase, so that each truth, each promise, each thing that we learn about God would lead to prayer and to praise. It's simple, yet it demands your time, and it is worth it. Um, I mentioned last week that Laura and I got to go to a funeral of a dear friend, and Pastor Joseph Wheat was telling a story about how as, as she was nearing her final days, she said, Pastor, you got to tell him about that. you got to tell him about that, that thing. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What thing? And she just couldn't get the words out. And finally she said, daily time with the Lord. It's the greatest thing in the world. Daily time with God in His Word. Meditating on His truths and promises that they lead to prayer and to praise. The Apostle Peter picked up on this in his second epistle. He closed his second letter with a benediction, with a promise, with an exhortation that I love. 2 Peter 3.18, he says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That was Peter's final 
exhortation to the church. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is why you and I must make it our daily business to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. This is how we know God. This is how we love God. And it's quite frankly how we keep ourselves sane in this crazy world. Focusing on Jesus and His kingdom. The Puritan Thomas Manton once said, We must grow till we come to heaven. And then there will be no more growing. Every single day of our lives is to spent, be spent growing. Growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ until one day there's no more growing. There's no more learning. We see face to face. We will see Christ and His glory. And our salvation will be complete. But until that day, May God give you and me the strength, the grace to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pray with me. O righteous and holy Father, again we thank you for the amazing truths and promises of this prayer. Help us not to walk away from these truths and promises unchanged, but mold us and make us more and more into the image of Christ Jesus. Thank you that we can know you and know you through these words of Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of Truth, Counselor, Helper, who teaches us. Help us to know you more and more every day. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.